too often we just pass by life, we pass by something in the car, and we never take two seconds to actually enjoy what we're looking at. And that's what I love to do. I love to try to bring nature to people. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third-generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. If you are a faithful follower, welcome back and thank you so much for the support. On this show, I interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers in East Idaho and help them share their origin stories. Their journeys are inspirational and I love to get to know our neighbors better. So thank you so much for joining us. Today, guys, I'm so excited to welcome my guest, who by day is a CPA, but as his side gig, he makes our lives beautiful with his photography. So welcome Josh Packer of Josh Packer Photography to the show. Well, thank you, Renee. I'm excited to be here today to talk to you about photography, and I won't bore you with anything accounting. Oh, darn it. I was hoping (laughs) that we could talk all about Uh, accounting. Taxes and all sorts of good things. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to, we can do another podcast for that, but I don't think anybody would actually listen to it. (laughs) Well, we'll see. Maybe maybe if I get real, like, needing a show, (laughs) I might be looping back with you, Josh. But yeah, I think um, our our topic of interest today is probably photography. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, you have taken your love for nature and other things that you're taking pictures of and turned it into a side business with over 128,000 followers on Instagram. So tell the listeners about Josh Packer Photography and what it is. Okay, well, Josh Packer Photography is just me out taking photos. Uh, I've always loved photography. My dad was a photographer. Granted, he was an attorney, but he loved to do photography as well. I just remember going back in the day and just watching the slideshows with the carousel, with the slideshow projector and looking at his photos from his mission or whatever it was that he was taking photos of. And so for me, it's about being out in nature. I'm a CPA by day, but I love getting out in nature because it's my cheap therapy. It's my way of getting away from the world and just being able to go find some peace. And so, so that that's what photography is about for me. So how long have you been, well, first, how long have you been a CPA? I've been a CPA for about seven years. Seven years. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been doing photography? About seven years. About the same time. So why did those line up like that? Did somebody give you a camera for your graduation? Yeah. yeah they, <laughs> that was uh, a good uh, guess. Uh, huh? uh, that was a great guess. I don't know how you came up with that. But <laughs> no, what, what's funny is I was just so busy with school. So I was working full time as an accountant, doing taxes and all these different things. But then as soon as I graduated, I got my CPA, passed all the exams. My wife bought me a camera for my birthday. Bought me a class from Chris Ballmer at Perfect Light. And I took a class over there and uh, I had a lot more free time, right? After doing that and having a baby, we had a new baby and I was going through and dealing with all that. I was able to finally get out and take some pictures. And so from that point, I just fell in love with it. I I loved my class so much and I just started taking photos ever since. So how did she know that you wanted a camera? Had you already shown some interest in that was something that you wanted to do? Yeah, that's a great question, Renee. So yeah, uh, I had an iPhone and I love taking pictures with my phone. So I just go out and take pictures in Tetons or whatever. I take pictures of thistles and different things like that, which doesn't sound very interesting, right? But uh, whenever I could, I'd just go take photos with my phone. And I've always loved cameras. Even growing up, I had my own camera, film camera. I'd take pictures when we went to Niagara Falls or any of these different places. And so, yeah, once I got that camera and kind of learned how to do things, 
through perfect lights, I just fell in love with it. I, I fell in love with just experiencing nature, finding those moments of beautiful sunsets or beautiful moments of just going beyond the obvious, looking down, getting down below and seeing what you could capture. Too often we just pass by life. We pass by something in the car and we never take two seconds to actually enjoy what we're looking at. And that's what I love to do. I love to try to bring nature to people. I, I love that you say that because my husband and I frequently travel between here and Island Park. Oh. And I think you we get kind of, you know, we've seen it. We've seen all of this landscape before, but mm -hmm. really it's different every time we do it, right? Because the sky looks different and, mm -hmm. and it's just taking that opportunity to really appreciate that nature and the beauty that is right at our fingertips. Exactly. It's different every season, right? So it could be fall. It could be winter. Too often you think of winter and you're like, oh, it's just ugly. You can find some beautiful moments in winter. And that fresh snowfall, like I drove out to the Tetons uh, last week after a fresh snowfall over by Togwadi Lodge, which is where you see that famous road shots. If you've ever seen yes, my photo of that, yes. that's where it is. And I, I was looking at a webcam, waiting for that moment, waiting for that moment for that snow to come in. And it did. And I went over and captured some fun photos. So I love that you brought up that photo because for the listeners who may not completely know Josh's work, it is this road that is, you know, like you're driving into the Tetons and it's not like far away, like it's right there. <laughs> so um, what I was thinking is that you were Photoshopping it, that one, you know, it one, it, you made it fall and then you made it winter. But what you're telling me is you're going during all these seasons mm -hmm. and you are shooting this thing. I am. I am going in those seasons. I, I wait for winter. I've been waiting for that moment for the snow to come in. And No, I do not Photoshop in the mountains. I may tweak a few things in Photoshop or whatever, but what you see is what you get with me. Yeah. And so, yeah, I love being out there. What's interesting, though, with uh, Photoshop and what's interesting with this photo is that with the lens that you use, you have to use a nice long zoom lens. Some people are like, where is this in Grand Teton National Park? Well, it's not in Grand Teton National Park, actually. I have a nice long lens that I zoom in, and that's how you can see it. So to be honest with you, I'm probably 30, 40 minutes away from the park taking yeah. that photo. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy to think about, right? That yeah. you can see the Tetons from that far away. But living here in Idaho, you can see the Tetons right from here, from Rexburg or from St. Anthony or from Ashton, right? So it's about the lens that you use as And well. so you are just, you are enhancing what we're naturally seeing by using this amazing lens. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's called amazing. distance compression, really. So you zoom in and it makes things look closer than they really are. I think there's a picture that I'm aware of that you did that with the Twin Falls Temple. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Uh -huh. There's a little waterfall and everybody's like, where's that waterfall by the temple? And it's not. It isn't. It's a long, <laughs> long ways away. You have to go across the canyon to go take that photo. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love distance compression because I feel like it really makes the scene personal, like you're in the scene, even though you're really far away. You could take with that Twin Falls Temple photo, I actually used a 150 to 600 millimeter lens. And I was at 600 millimeters, which is a very, very long ways away. Yeah, right? it does not look like that in the picture. No, it doesn't look that way. So you talk like all of this is, you know, I use a 600 millimeter lens. Like you, you <laughs> totally know what you're doing, but how did you get there? Did you take, I know you took one class to kind of learn how to use your camera, but did you go back to school to become a photographer? Like exactly how did you learn all these skills? That is a great question, Renee. And so really I took that one class. It was a day class with Chris Ballmer and I think it was an eight hour course. And I did that with him and that was pretty much it from there. And from that, it was go out there, practice, 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 learn, learn, learn. 
And I had a couple of mentors along the way that kind of guided me to saying, hey, Josh, you should do this with your photos or you need to do some of these things and just clean up your photos a little bit more. And so I had people along the way that have kind of guided me and helped me understand how to use the camera better. But a lot of it's just being self-taught. And what I love about photography as well is that I'm not a photographer by trade. I didn't go to school for photography, which means for you that if you love photography, which every day it seems like I get people saying, man, could you give me some tips to be a better photographer? And it's just amazing to me that I, I can help somebody, even though I was never a professional photographer. I never went to school for any of this, but I can help them learn. And it's all about what you put into it. It's about the dedication that you put into it, the practicing, and also just via YouTube, these different channels that you can go through and watch and learn. And it's just about looking at other people's photos. One of the, my mentors just said, just get on social media, look at people's photos and look at what you would do differently. And it's interesting because I do that a lot. I notice myself looking at photos and I'm like, oh, that's a beautiful photo. But man, if you just cropped it in a little bit more or did this, man, that would have a lot of wow factor. And I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody else right, with that. Right, you just but, look at it differently. But I try to look at things differently and just see what I would do differently with photos. Or you could use that as a means to just kind of look at somebody's photo and say, how am I going to take a photo like that? And there's this famous photo of Lake McDonald. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. So uh, where is that? National, Glacier National Park, oh, yeah. Montana. Yeah. And it's pretty far away. It's seven hours away, which when I went there, conditions were right. I never got the photo I wanted. Well, there's a place called Coulter Bay that I went over and took some photos at. And I'm like, how do I get a scene like that? And I, and I looked at these other people's photos. I'm like, okay, here we go. And so I actually went there, waited for that moment with all the snow that just hit Mount Moran and found some nice rocks colored in the foreground. Oh, yeah. I, don't know I remember if this seen, picture, I, yes. Yeah. yeah, when you say the rocks, because they're stunning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just went there and captured the scene, even though... Nobody, no one's ever done that photo. I've seen some photos kind of similar to it, but nobody's done it the way that I envisioned it. So I went there, I had my vision, and I went in and captured the scene. Okay, but when you talk about this, it seems like you must come with some type of a, some talent towards being able to see things in a certain way. Did you know that you possessed that type of talent that you saw things? You were, like you were talking about, you were taking pictures of thistles. You know, like <laughs> clearly something drew you to take that picture. You must have an eye for this kind of creativity. And I think everybody has this eye for creativity. And for me personally, maybe I do, maybe I don't, but I think it's just about seeing things differently. I've listened to these different videos. I've listened to going beyond the obvious. That, that's the biggest thing for me. If you go and take a photo at eye level, you're never going to get that beautiful scene. It's all about getting down low, getting down low. That's what Chris Ballmer was always adamant about. You get down low and take those photos because if not, anybody can take a photo with your phone just from eye level. It doesn't look that interesting, but it's getting down low. And uh, something else that I was thinking too with that is it's not what you see, but how you see it is one of the things that I always love to refer back to because we could all see the same thing. You could see a beautiful sunset, but a lot of people take a picture of a sunset and there's no foreground, there's no nothing in it, nothing super interesting. But if you get down low, if you look for that foreground, that's the most important part of photography as well. Anybody can take a nice picture in the sky, but the sky doesn't mean much. It's about getting down low. It's looking for something interesting. It doesn't even have to be the Tetons. It could be anything. I found old buildings that I've taken pictures of where the sun's coming through right at the last moment. You can capture amazing scenes wherever you are. 
granted, will, will I say that you can take a beautiful picture of garbage? You could maybe, but <laughs> really it boils down to just looking at things differently. And uh, yeah. It, it sounds like this is also a little bit like, you know, when my husband goes fishing, I say, you know, you have a lot of patience because you have to wait and it has to be, you know, is that the way photography is? You kind of have to mm -hmm. be patient and you're not just going to go and get the picture right away. You've got to actually wait for the scene to develop. No, I think that's perfect. And to let you know, I can never be a fisherman because I cannot be that patient. <laughs> never could be that patient. But that's exactly right. And kind of drives my wife crazy sometimes, but I'm like, I've got to be here at this specific time. Like I can't be here two hours from now. I can't be here five minutes from now because the light could be gone yeah. at that moment. And my wife has been great about that. Uh, I'm crazy obsessive with photography. And so I went over to City Creek one year with our kids and in the fall colors, if you've ever been over there. And it's a beautiful, beautiful area. First time there and I'm over here trying to take pictures as my kids are falling into the water and whatnot. And my wife's like, we gotta go. And I'm like, no, I gotta <laughs> capture the scene. And I captured the sun coming through across the bridge. Yeah, And, and it's all about timing. It yeah. really is. Yeah. So talk to me about that. Your kids and your family, are they are they tolerant of this hobby of yours? I mean, I know it's not really a hobby because you're making an income <laughs> off of it, mm -hmm. but like how, I would imagine going any place with you, you're like, hey, wait, wait, we got to get a picture. They give me a hard time because I'm always like, one more picture. Okay, one more minute, one more minute. And it's usually more like 10, 15, 20 <laughs> minutes. And so they're very tolerant than me. They understand how much I love it and they deal with me with that. And, and speaking of that, I went over to Teton Valley the other day and I had two of my kids with me and I was taking photos of some of the fall colors and my we were going on a nature walk and my kids were like getting a little antsy, like, can we go? Like, you've been here for way too long. I'm like, I'm trying to capture the photo. I'm like, okay, when we get back to Swan Valley, I'll buy you two scoops of uh, square ice cream over at the gas station. They're like, okay. So I, I try to just play you that game. You try to bribe them. Uh, I guess I do try to bribe them a little bit because I'm like, well, I've got to get the picture. But at the same time, like I want it to be a good experience for them. Yeah. And them knowing like, okay, if I'm going to get some square ice cream, then things are going to be okay. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I can wait for a few minutes. I can wait well, for a few minutes. Well, it's teaching them patience too. Exactly. Yeah. But that's why, I, okay, I'm going to have to use that line next time. I'm just teaching you patience. <laughs> See how that goes over. Yeah. <laughs> Delayed gratification, kids. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, forget exactly. you, dad. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, what do you think, Josh, makes your photos unique from from other um, photographers and other photos. What is it? Because to have 128,000 followers, people enjoy your work, right? This is not something that, like me putting my stuff out there. What is it that sets you apart that you think that is the magic sauce for you? I think that's a great question, Renee. Uh, with that, there's a few things. A lot of people ask me like, hey, look at my photos and what can I do to improve? And it goes back time and time again that you've got to find the uh, right light. You got to get there at sunrise, you got to get there at sunset, because if you're showing up at noon or one o'clock in the afternoon, your photos are not late. gonna be very good. Mm -hmm. Granted, you can have some good clouds and maybe it can work, but for the most part, good lighting happens at sunrise and sunset. And I live here in Idaho Falls, but I drive over to the Tetons. Tetons are not that close, right? I'll often do this before I go to work. And so I'll, I'll leave at two o'clock in the summertime. I'll leave at two, three o'clock in the morning to get over there for sunrise. Wow. And people call me crazy for that, but I think that makes all the difference in the world. For me, it's if I can't capture the photo that I want 
it's not even worth going for me. And so when I first got into photography, I loved just going out. I'd go out like every night taking photos. And then I kind of realized I'm a little more selective. I'm a little more picky with when I want to take those photos. I look for those good opportunities. I look at webcams. I kind of say, I've got to plan that moment right, because if not, why did I even go? It's a waste of time. Not that it's a waste of time because I love to be out in nature, but I'm there to capture the photo. Yeah. yeah. So Josh, are you chasing that perfect picture or do you think you've gotten it already? Or There's there's no perfect picture. There's always <laughs> something that I would change to my photo. And I once listened to this guy from National Geographic that talked about photos and people saying, well, yeah, did you capture the perfect photo? He's like, I, I, no, I didn't capture the perfect photo because... Anytime I see my own photo, I can see different things that I would improve on it. Mm -hmm. And I can do that with me too, right? There's no perfect picture unless you use Photoshop to just put whatever in that you need, right? But uh, I'm still working on it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and then it's not really, I mean, it is still a picture, but it's a modified picture. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you said you didn't have any formal training. Looking back, do you feel that was a handicap for you or do you think it made it made you more determined to be successful? That is a great question. So uh, it hinders me at some times because I feel like, man, it's hard to know these things, to be honest with you, in terms of how cameras work and shallow depth of field, all these different things. Do I know exactly what they mean? No, to be honest with you, like I don't understand every little aspect of how a camera works like a lot of professional photographers do. For me, it's been, well, uh, I kind of know some of the basics and I can just go out there and take the photos that I want. And that's what I love trying to tell people too, is that you don't have to be an expert in this. If you understand the basics, if you understand aperture, ISO and shutter speed, you can do a lot of things with your photos. And that, that's pretty much it. People ask me all these questions about, well, what do you do for this and that? I'm like, I don't do any of that. Like I just <laughs> I don't go know out, what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about or it's not that important to me because yeah. I feel like I can still capture those scenes because it's more just learned on the job, right? Yeah. As opposed yeah. to going to school, learning all these different things. It's just about getting out there and experiencing that. Well, maybe it has been a benefit to you then because you haven't been plagued by that. All those things have to be right. You're just mm-hmm. looking you know, what your eye is seeing and is this beautiful or not and and capturing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree with you on that. That's awesome. Okay, but in those times, like did you ever get so frustrated or, you know, that learning all of this or have you ever felt like throwing in the towel, like this was too much work, not enough reward? Have you ever felt like that? That's a great question too. There are times with social media, Like, I love sharing my photos on social media, but there are times when I'm on there and I feel like, man, nobody's looking at my photos just because of the algorithm or whatever it might be. And so there are times I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just going to not call it quits. I would never do that, but just take a break from it for a while. But the being out in nature is what keeps me going, really, to be honest with you. The connections I make with people via social media and being out in nature is why I keep doing it. Um, Being a CPA doing tax season, I'm working 60, 70 hours a week. So there are times during tax season that I tell my wife, I'm like, I've got to get out. I've got to go take some photos because I just need to get away and get into nature. And that's my therapy. And I say, it's cheap therapy now because I had to spend a lot of money on my camera gear to get all that. But once you've got the gear, it's just gas getting there and back, right? And so I just love nature. I love being out there just exploring 
and hopefully not getting eaten by bears or anything like that because often I'm by myself. But just being out in nature is one of my favorite things to do. And I'm excited for my kids someday once they get a little bit older because right now, I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, why don't I take him? She's like, well, you're, you're not waking him up at two o'clock in the morning and take him <laughs> with you. I'm like, I know. But at some point, I can start hiking with him and yeah. doing a little bit more. And so I'm excited for that moment. How old are your kids? Uh, 10, 8, 5, and 4 months old. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so they're getting, got there. they're getting closer. Out, yeah, they're so spread you can, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. All right. So you talked about um, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that I have for you, I'm sure the listeners have, any of us would love to have a, you know, if we have a business to have 128,000 followers. (laughs) So it sounds like you have worked that. Like how, what is the secret sauce there with Instagram? How have you found 128,000 followers? Well, that's a great question. It's changed throughout the years. So I got on Instagram back in 2013, 14, pretty much when I was first coming out. It's changed a lot since then. So I've learned a lot of different things before you'd post a photo, everybody would see it. Now it's become even harder. It's so hard like, because they will just hide your photos. And so in terms of what you do, it's about posting quality content. One of my mentors said, yeah, you can post all your photos, but you gotta post your best photos, right? If you post every single photo you take, then people are gonna look and say, eh, his work is okay. But if you post like every photo that you post better be a good one and it better be perfect. If you need to remove something from it, whatever needs to be done to make that perfect, go ahead and do that. And by doing that, when people go and search your images or just see your photo in the hashtag, they look at that and say, oh, click on that. If they just saw a bunch of random photos, photos of me, whatever it might be, photos or memes or anything like that, they wouldn't really care about it. So my gallery is just got to be perfect is what I'm trying to do. And it is a beautiful gallery. But the interesting thing about Instagram is how how does that replicate? Because you're not really able to share as easily as you are on Facebook. And so are they finding you by the hashtags? Like, what do you think that is that people have been able to find you? But it's a hard one to answer on that too, because <laughs> I don't understand the algorithms. Yeah. I don't understand how all those things work, but it's been changing over time. Yeah. And it's really through hashtags. A lot of times I'll try to ask people like, hey, how'd you come across my work? Oh, a hashtag or, yeah. or getting featured. And so back several years ago, I came out with 10 steps to gain 10,000 followers and kind of give you tips of like, this is what you need to do. If you're trying to grow your account, this is what you need to do. Posting your best work tagging these different feature accounts uh, is what they call them. So you've got like the U.S. Department of the Interior that oh, shares photos, mm-hmm. right? And so if you can get them to feature one of your photos when they got 2 million followers, well, guess what? They feature your photo, tag you. Before you know it, you've just got 1,000 followers. Uh-huh. So that's a big part of it too, is just tagging people. Uh, I've also told people like, figure out who the moderators are of these uh, feature accounts. Moderators are the ones that choose the photos that they post. Figure out who they are talk to them, like, just become friends with them. And before you know it, they're featuring your work. And so there's a lot of different avenues for that. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because with social media, you have a lot of highs and lows, right? And so I gained 10,000 followers pretty quickly, but I I was up to about 70,000 followers a few years ago. And I felt like it just kind of died, Yeah. right? No new followers, nothing new was happening. I'm like, man, this is frustrating. And so it's a wave. It just goes up and down, up and down. And so I'll have times where I gain 30,000 followers in a couple months. And then I'll have 
six, eight months where it's you don't a, have few, a couple thousand followers yeah. maybe. Yeah. And so it just kind of depends on that. And you've just got to stick with it. And sometimes you got to back away from social media. Sometimes it's just nice to get away from it because the problem with social media now is that you have to engage. You have to be a part of it or doing it every single day because if you don't, then you start losing your momentum is what I tell people. And so if anybody ever experiences momentum on social media, I say, keep posting. You keep riding ride that, that wave. Yeah, huh? ride that wave as long as you can because the moment that you stop, you're going to lose it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's an interesting experience. And I, I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram for sure. Well, but I'm sure it, you do. It's get, been great. I'm sure you do get customers though from, because I, I mean, it's a showcase of your work, right? I do. Yeah, I have business partnerships that like people, I have my photos in Siegel Book for a time because people saw my photos on social media. Um, a lot of times I'll just get people that work in these different businesses that then say, hey, we'd love to get this photo in here for this or whatever it is. And then I have people buying my photos as well. So a wide variety of different avenues yeah. for that. Okay, so let's loop back to that. Did you know when you started taking pictures that you were going to be selling them? I mean, it sounds like it was your hobby. You wanted to have this outlet. But at what point did it become actually a place for you to make income off of? Uh, perfect light when I took the class was all... He, Chris Ballmer had talked about, well, you need to sell your photos, right? If you want to buy more camera gear, you want to do these different things, you need to sell your photos. And so from the get-go, that was kind of in the back of my mind. I kind of realized at first that nobody wanted to buy my photos because they weren't any good. Right? But with time, I realized people really do like them and I can start selling. And I, I forget what your question was on that again, but... Just at what point did you decide to start selling them? Uh, yeah, it was just when people started asking, right? So, so you get that account, so you get up to 10,000 followers. And then before you know, people are like, I want to hey, buy, I that, I huh? buy that photo. I want to uh -huh. buy that photo. And so mm -hmm. just give it time, right? Uh, I have a lot of photographer friends and they're getting into photography. And yeah, it's just kind of the nature of how it works. Like you start posting photos on social media. Before you know it, your friends and family are like, oh man, I really like that photo. And that's usually how it begins, right? Friends and family are the ones buying it. And then at some point... Yeah, people all over the world. Word of mouth US. happens. Yeah. And, yeah, right. Well, the great thing is you don't have to be in a dark room developing um, negatives and turning them into prints. Or are you doing that? I am I mean, not it's doing that. digital, so it's great. It, it is digital. And like I mentioned, I did have a film camera back in the day. I didn't ever develop anything. I'd take it to the store and they develop it for me. But I'm so thankful I don't have to do that because... I can't imagine taking a photo and not knowing whether or not I did it right until a few weeks down the road. Right. Oh, I couldn't imagine that. So right. with digital cameras, you take the photo. I know exactly what I took a picture of and I can envision what I'm going to do with it once I go into post-process it. Yeah, I think it really has revolutionized a lot of the way that we are. I mean, clearly, because we have thousands and thousands of pictures just on our phones. Exactly. So, yeah, that's awesome. All right. So you talked about... Um, um, your your dad. Did you come from an entrepreneurial family? It, was there anyone that had a side gig? W you know, was this kind of just a happy thing that happened um, as you started selling them? You were like, oh, this is actually a thing. Yeah. So my dad has always, for the most part, been self-employed. He's an attorney down in Blackfoot. And so he's always done that. He did photography, but he never really sold it. It was a different time back then, right? It's different now because you've got social media and I can just get my name out there and then sell photos across the U.S. You couldn't do that back then. Right. So 
In terms of, did I have somebody that kind of did that, that kind of showed me how to do it? Not necessarily. It's just been through social media. I made connections with people that were professional photographers. One of my mentors uh, is a professional photographer, and he just taught me all the different things to do to, to improve your photos and to uh, just make it so that people want to buy your photos. And then another guy is actually uh, does have a side gig. That was one of my mentors as well. And to, and he was doing photography as a side gig. Uh-huh. And he's an amazing so photographer. Could happen. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. an amazing photographer. He's got people wanting his photos for all these different things, but he's still got his day job that he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what advice would you have for somebody who has a passion that they're considering pursuing for income? Just don't quit your day job. Right? <laughs> Sometimes you got to quit your day job to do something like that, but don't quit your day job. Just find the time to go and do those things. It's amazing what you can still do. Even, even as you're working, you can still out. You've got weekends, you've got the mornings. Too often it's like, well, I want to do these things, but I'm not willing to get up in the morning. Right. And for me, it's hard sometimes to get up in the morning, but man, if I could get up at five o'clock in the morning, that gives me a couple hours before my kids get up that I can go through and start planning, working on business developments, editing photos, whatever it is. And so if you're gung-ho about something, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be photography, dedicate your time. And I'm not saying ignore your family, ignore your wife, right? You want to stay married, but figure out how you're going to keep doing this while while you've got these other things going on, because you've got to balance it. You got to find a balance, which doesn't always work for me. And, and, but you can, you can figure out those times to get up early in the morning and get those things done. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, especially if you have a passion for it, you want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you're getting up because it's exciting. It is. And then it gives me time to watch a TV show while I'm doing it. Right. And so that, that's usually my excuse too. I'm like, well, at least I can watch something while I'm doing that. <laughs> well, I like that philosophy because that's, the only way I get through some of my best shows, I have to be on the elliptical in order to watch it. So it's this mm-hmm. double, exactly. double exactly. reward kind it, of thing. It's a double reward. Yeah. And I need to be more in the elliptical. I need to go and do some <laughs> of those things. But yeah. It sounds like you're out in nature doing uh, your own little trekking around. I am. I yeah. Am. <laughs> All right. So what's the future for Josh Packer Photography? Uh, I'm just continuing to do what I'm doing. And I've kind of changed my business model with how I do things and I'm really trying to focus on my artistic work and trying to showcase that to people. Before it was like, well, anybody that wants to buy my photo, go ahead and buy my photo. Now I'm focusing more on trying to value my work, trying to show people this. If you want this photo, you got to get this ordered. And if not, then yeah, it's fine if you don't want to do that. But if you ever want my photo here in the future, I want you to just buy it now. Yeah, because he has limited edition. Like if you went on and tried to get some of these exact photos that we're talking about, they're not available anymore. Is mm-hmm. that true? It is true. And so part of it is just, I want people to value what I do. I want that photo that's in your house to mean something to you. If 5 million other people have the photo, it doesn't mean as much, right? right. And so artwork is about... FOMO. It's about like nobody else has this photo except for me. And yeah. so that's really what I'm focusing on right now. Yeah. I can appreciate that. We have um, a few Mangelson photos mm-hmm. and yeah, they're numbered and it's a big deal if you get them. So yeah, and next time it's going to be a pack, a Josh Packer. There photo. we go. That, that's what I'm hoping <laughs> for. But I just love sharing my photos with people. That's why I'm here. And I want, I want to share that with other people as well. I go out and take photos with other people and it's a lot of fun to make these connections. Like I mentioned before, with social media, 
one of the things I love is the connections that I make. There are times when I go to a new city and I have friends that I've kind of connected with via Instagram. And I'm like, hey, where should I go? Oh, go over here, do this. Hey, where should I go for a restaurant? We went to Boston and somebody's like, you got to go here to go get some and crabs. The, and the it was delicious. My wife loved you. it. Yeah. yeah, my wife loves it because she's like, man, you know this is awesome. Everywhere. Yeah, you know people everywhere. Yeah, and, that's the best. Mm -hmm, it is. I love and it. So, so that's why I do it. I'm on social media to meet people. I love being out in nature and sharing that with each of you. And, and one of my favorite things too is I, I have a neighbor that mentioned once like, man, I love seeing your photos on social media because that inspired me to go out in nature. I didn't know that some of these places existed. Fall Creek Falls over in Swan Valley. He's like, I'd never been there before. And it's fun to see that. It's fun to see that these people go out, go out with their families and go and experience nature. Like, this oh, is I love that. I would think that's great. What mm -hmm. a reward for you, not only to be able to share your photo, but to inspire other people to get out. Mm -hmm. It's great. All right, Josh. So where can people view and or purchase your photographs? So you can go to my website at www.joshpacker.com. And that's where the prints are. And again, I just offered those photos at select times. So if you're interested in knowing more about the photos, you just got to be in my email list. And so I just let people know as these photos become available. And you can follow me on social media. You can go and look at my photos and kind of say, hey, Josh, I'd love to get this photo someday. And I'll tell you, okay, yeah, just get on my email hang list. In and I'll, hang in there. And I'll, <laughs> let, I'll, I'll give that out to you at some point. So yeah. I also noticed that you're doing a giveaway on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So you can enter for a giveaway for one of your prints. Uh, yeah, I think I just barely did one and I'm always doing giveaways now. Okay. And so I'll probably do another giveaway, giveaway within the next couple of weeks. So get on that email list. And what I'm telling people right now is if you're on my email list, you get more entries than if you comment or do anything like that. So whoever's on my email list, you're going to have the best chance of winning that giveaway. Okay. You're a VIP if you're on that <laughs> you're a VIP. email if, list. If you unsubscribe, then you lose out on that opportunity. So. <laughs> I promise you guys, you're going to want to be on that list. So go check it out. Okay, Josh, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before I let you go? I, I guess the last thing is if you want to follow me on Instagram, that's really where I am for the most part. Follow me at Pactography. P-A-C-K-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. So it's kind of a weird name. I don't know how I came up with it. To be honest with you, it was Pactography 31. I was trying to think of kind of a clever way to do like photography or pictography. And I'm like, how about Pactography? And so that's kind of where it came from. Sometimes people are like, oh, why is does that? it say this? Yeah. But, but what's interesting is I went to San Diego once. And the last story, right? So I was in San Diego. I was taking photos. And this guy comes up to me and he's like, you're pactography, aren't you? And it's just funny. It's funny to see some of that. And it's fun to just make those connections with people because you never know. And sometimes you post again on social media. And sometimes I feel like, does anybody even look at these photos? Like, sure, I get some likes, but who actually is looking at this? And then you, you run, run into, into somebody that, that somebody's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I've been following your photos. Somebody in my neighborhood I just talked to is like, I actually lived over in Georgia. And I've been following your photography for a long time. I moved over into this neighborhood and somebody was like, oh, yeah, Josh Packer lives right there. And he's like, I've been following you for years. And so <laughs> You're it's a little fun. celebrity. Uh, I wouldn't say celebrity, <laughs> but <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I think you are known. Do you think, I mean, I would anticipate you have followers all over the world. I do. I do. Uh, you can see kind of where people are that follow you. I have a lot of followers in, over in India. Don't know why. Okay. But, yeah. But no, I. 
I have people over the U.S. I have people all across the world. I've yeah. become friends with people in New Zealand or in many of these different places. Well, that's what it will be next. It'll be these international pictures. We've got to get you out there taking other pictures. <laughs> we just got to get through COVID, right? <laughs> yeah, we all have to get through COVID. <laughs> well, Josh, thank you so much for your time today and for being on the show you're a great example of pursuing your passion and making a side hustle work. And you brought such beauty, beautiful photography, oh, bleh, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful photographs to our lives. And I hope you keep doing it for many years to come. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, Renee. I really do appreciate it. It's been fun. I love hearing the podcast and every every beginning story for all these people and where they came from, how they got to be where they are. And thank you for doing this. Yeah, it's inspiring. I love it, too. So thank you, Josh. Yeah. As a reminder, guys, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. If you're looking for automotive repair provided with honesty and integrity, come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the Business Leadership Moment. It's now time for a Business Leadership Moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Welcome to the Business Leadership Moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November, and we just had it, guys. It was a fantastic event. RiseCon also has a sister event called RiseX, so please check it out, www.risex.io or risecon.io. Um, okay, guys, I, today I wanted to just share with you some thoughts. Um, I'm going to warn you because I just recently attended a Tony Robbins event, Unleash the Power Within. So I've got all this stuff going through my head and um, I might ramble a little bit. I'll try not to, but it's just, it's an exciting thing. If you ever have a chance to attend um, Unleash the Power Within or Date with Destiny or any of those, Tony Robbins is a very immersive. Um, he believes in full immersion. So uh, Unleash the Power Within was actually four days long. And you're like, gosh, does it really have to be four days? Um, a lot of the information was similar and we spent a long time on one little thing. Uh, but I understand his concept of really immersing, Im getting immersion um, to create change. So anyway, I'm just giving you a forewarning about uh, what things I might ramble on about, and I'll try to be concise and, and give you some, um, some direction. One of the things I was thinking of though, see, I'm already rambling. One of the things I was thinking of though, was I had, um, I have this client that I'm working with and one of the individuals in this, in this organization talked about, um, how, we were learning about accountability and she's like, all of this is well and good. But when I come to work and I'm surrounded by all this negativity and all this other stuff going on, it drags me down. So how do I stay with a positive mindset? And, you know, there's, there's so many things that are going through my head, but I just want to talk about one specific thing. Um, and I think you guys have all heard this and, and what I have to say is not anything that's revolutionary, but it just reinforced the power of what we expose ourselves to and that we become more of what we give attention to. And the way that 
um, Tony Robbins talks about it, is where our focus goes, our energy flows. And it just really was powerful to me in the fact that where we decide to spend time, whether it's with our external sources coming in or where we take our brain, whatever we give attention to grows. And so if we pay more attention to the negative things and the negative influences around us, we, you know, I think it helps feed that fear and all of those uncertainties and all of that other stuff that we already have inside of us. And, and, you know, there's no question that we all have dark and light in our nature. And I think we really have to work to drive that dark away. Um, there's some statistic that says that we pay 10 times more attention to negative things than we do positive things. So imagine how much effort it takes to really focus on the positive things. But we are being played by our culture. And I don't want to get too political or anything like that. I just want to point out some things that we know because we see it. Um, the media understands this. When when you turn on the news, the source of of the news is not a whole lot of really happy, fluffy stories, right? It's all these, you know, blood cells and all, all this stuff that we see. So they know that that's what we're going to pay attention to. And so that's what they present. And I, I get it. You know, they're a business. They get attention that way. If that's what sells, that's what sells. And so um, their first and foremost thoughts are not, how am I going to uplift the world today and improve people's lives? Um, there's been a social media movement around Thanksgiving um, that was, is called Give Thanks. And so there's been a lot of posts that have been on social media around um, Give Thanks. And it was intended to be a very uplifting um exciting kind of thing that when you get on your feed, you see all of these things that people are grateful for and we share our gratitude. Well, interestingly enough, there's a whole portion of a population who have said that was very negative. When I saw people giving thanks, it made caused me to feel like I don't have, you know, what they have. And so it became this comparison thing. So the point I'm trying to make is even something that is intended to be absolutely positive if your mindset is negative towards it, if you're going to look at that, you're going to find the negative. Where your focus goes, your, where your energy goes, your focus, no, where your focus goes, your energy flows. So what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the things of light that will uplift you? Or are you focusing on those things that are going to bring you down? Um, we, in the, the majority of people are good and and we need to provide some grace to each other because none of us are perfect. And so understanding all of that, that and giving individuals room to be themselves, including their flaws, um, and, and just, you know, trying to love each other for, for everything that we have, I think is very key. But again, where your focus goes, your energy flows. What are you feeding? There's that old, um, in, I think it's Native American tale about the wolves that are inside you. And, you know, the young man asks this wise elder, you know, which one is going to win? And he said, the one that you feed, whether you feed the negative one or you feed the positive one. So again, guys, focus 
be sure that you're not feeding that bad wolf. Wolf, Put your focus where your focus goes, your energy flows. The more focus we can put into the things that are uplifting and right in our lives, um, the better we can be. And in our businesses and as we're leaders and whatnot, as we can focus on outcomes, um, we can get so caught up in excuses and all of the stuff that's happening in our business and all of the multiple reasons that somebody can't accomplish whatever it is. Those are those are distractions. That's all distractions. You can create problem solving around each of those things. And that's great. And you should do that moving towards an outcome and, and quit feeling bad about there being something that's a barrier. There's stuff that happens all the time. We got to, that we can own and we can remove that barrier and work towards the outcome. So focus where your focus goes, your energy flows, focus on outcomes, what you can get done. Um, what I love, my mentor, Linda Galindo, she's, she's so fun in the way that she presents things to me because I'll give her a problem. And she's like, yeah, that is true. That's absolutely true. There's not enough time. You're right. Our political situation is in, you know, turmoil. She acknowledges, yeah, those are all correct. And, and because you can't change that stuff, right? Or you can have influence over it, but it should not be your excuse to not reach your outcome. And oftentimes we get so buried in, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough. Yeah, that's true. You do not have enough time and there will be no more time. And does that mean you will never reach your goals? You've got to prioritize and figure out how you're going to reorganize what you're doing so you can find the time. Anyway, I think that it's, opportunity for us to face uh, face things with curiosity, understand where our focus goes, our energy flows. And when we feel ourselves getting into that heightened state of anger or frustration or negativity or feeding that bad wolf, really realize, take that moment and pause and understand where is my focus going? Because I'm feeding that, I'm giving that energy and flip that switch and look for something positive, something that's going to get you to that next step. And, and you know, it's those little steps, little step, little step, and then all of a sudden you're there. So I have full belief in us um, as a culture, as a people, as a world, that um, we really can bring the light and accomplish great things, but it's a mindset and we have to choose to do it. So thank you guys so much for listening to the show, listening to my ramblings. If you, you know, if you want to learn more about uh, the Tony Robbins event, let's go to lunch. I'm happy to share that with you. I'm not promoting Tony Robbins. I'm not getting paid because I went to his event. I'm just telling you it is life changing. Um, but if ever, you know, you want to have some conversation around this, please reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. All right, guys, have a fantastic week. And I'll be back next week with another amazing episode. See you then. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.